Hey, everybody, it's John. Hey, listen, thanks again for downloading the podcast. Really excited to bring this interview to you today with a uh, business owner in town named Jeff Eisler. Uh, really interesting story of how he got into um, the business he's in. If you don't know, he runs a golf coaching academy called Jeff Eisler Golf. Uh, really fascinating conversation. Jeff is a super smart guy, and um, he and his wife, Beth, have been active in the community for a long time. And I think you're really going to enjoy it. So uh, without further ado, let's get on with the show. Good morning, South Lake. It's John Huffman, and welcome back to South Lake This Week. It is a pleasure to have you listening. So before we jump into the interview, I wanted to do a restaurant review on um, a really special place, and we're so glad they have reopened. It's Herencia. Herencia, for those of you guys who don't know, is in the shops at South Lake, which is the Central Market Shopping Center, and Herencia is in the same spot as Me Chula used to be. So I believe it's the same ownership or management or maybe some of the same ownership or management as Michula. But I know a lot of you, just like my family, were very, very sad when Michula hung it up. It was just one of our favorite fast, casual Mexican spots in town. Uh, really cool atmosphere. When the weather was good, the patio was phenomenal. We enjoyed many, many, many lunches and dinners at Michula. And we're very, very sad to see them go. But Herencia opened up, I think, last month um, in February, yeah, uh, to great fanfare. And we were so happy that they did come back. And Elizabeth and I tried it because, of course, we did. Uh, it was, I think, the first or second night. there. No, it was opening night. It was opening night. Yeah, uh, for dinner. And I got to tell you, it was delicious. It was different than Michula. Uh, it's not a fast casual. You know, Michula, if you remember... You could walk up and you ordered at the counter and then you went and sat down. So this is a full service restaurant, you know, with menu service where you go sit down just to, as your typical restaurant fashion and, and order off the menu. Um, it's got a really, really cool menu and it's different again than Michula. It's not as much Tex-Mex. There's some Texican entrees. Um, but also some cool Southwestern and authentic Mexican flair. Uh, it's, I mean, it's just, it's really, really good. And I think it's a little, they're shooting for a higher end product than Michula. Michula is more fast casual. And this is very much, um, I mean, borderline fine dining, I thought. Uh, but casual enough to go enjoy it with your family. So their, their menu is online at herenciarestaurant.com. So you can go check it out. Uh, really, really tasty, good drink menu. Um, they've remodeled the whole place, so it's got a cool vibe. It's sort of got this kind of earthy stonework vibe to it. Um, it really, we were very impressed with the food and very impressed. With the, thought the service for being the first night was excellent. Um, so we're just thrilled that they're back. And you guys all need to go. If you haven't been yet, you need to go show them support and show them that we are super excited to have them open once again. So Herencia Mexican, or I guess it's Herencia Texican cuisine is the full name. You guys go visit it uh, across from Nordstrom Rack in the shops at South Lake and uh, enjoy it. And when we come back, our interview with local businessman and very involved community member, Jeff Eisler. Okay, and we are back with a very special guest today in the studio. 
studio is probably maybe an overstatement for where we're sitting, Jeff. Um, not really a studio, more like my office with some uh, acoustic panels. But that's okay. We're calling it a studio. No, I'm impressed. I like it. <laughs> Mr. Jeff Eisler, who is an entrepreneur, um, a longtime South Lake resident with his wife, Beth, and uh, a good friend and political supporter uh, of Mayor Hills and myself and others. And, uh, uh, you know, Jeff, we've gotten to know each other over the years, and, and uh, you've you know, among other things, you, uh, you know, train golf, which we're going to talk a lot about. And, and, uh, I don't know if you remember, actually, we'll just start by you. I took a lesson from you about four or five years ago. You remember that? I actually don't. Sorry, John. No, <laughs> I wasn't either. memorable then. No, it was, I, I was that bad and I don't blame you at all. It was before I ran for council. And, um, I, I got someone, I think my wife got me an introductory lesson and I really wanted to keep going. It just was time did not work out, but, um, I'm surprised you didn't remember me for how bad I was. That's how bad I am. We get golf. a lot. Of similar golfers walking in the door, <laughs> purported golfers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, weekend warriors, and yeah, that's but right. I'm, I'm, I'm what, what's the step below weekend warrior? Because I'm not. Yeah, yeah. It's it's pure beginner, uh, <laughs> right? It's just a, it's really, it's a very difficult game. So everyone's trying to get better, and most are not making much progress. It just speaks to how hard it is. No doubt. Well, so I know your primary uh, entrepreneurial venture right now, you and you've been running uh, your training facility for a long time, but you train some of the best golfers in the area. I mean, you have a, a golf training academy and you guys do really, really good work. And Carol Dragons winning state champion title or were state champions a couple years ago, right? Right. No, they have been from uh, it's a very good team uh, and has been traditionally over the years. And there are a lot of good teams in the area. Look, North. The North Texas section of the PGA is the top junior section in the country. Really? So it's the top three are Southern California, Orlando area, and North Texas. But if you look at the history, so we had three of the last six or seven U.S. Junior Am champs, Jordan Spieth being one of them. Wow. Um, Scotty Scheffler, Will Zalatoris, just some great players. Um, and it's raised the whole level of play. Uh, and it's been that way. Look, it's it's an affluent area in general, this area we live in, and the surrounding communities. Uh, people who are successful, they expect su- success out of their their kids. Uh, it's a sports-crazy town, right, an area. And uh, golf's just a really fun game. And the, and the climate's, for the most part, pretty, you know, favorable. Right. So there's a lot going on that... Uh, that makes it just a good place for juniors to to learn to play the game. So yeah, a hotbed for yeah all those different factors kind of right. come together. Right. It's not quite a twelve month season, right? But pretty close. Yeah, it's close. I mean, we have days and maybe a week here and there where it's pretty tough. The heat of the summer, right? Right. Uh, when the north wind kicks up, but other than that, we're out playing. We uh, there's many many times I've been on the golf course where five layers, long underwear, yeah, and tournaments are going. Wow. So that's awesome. Yeah. Well, and the reality is in February, it could be 31 day and 80 the next. So. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Go. So tell me more about the facility. How many guys, how many, how many folks, I know you do pros and juniors and all kinds yeah, of people. Yeah, it's, it's grown over the years. We have currently 150 juniors, roughly ranging from seven. And I call even our professional golfers juniors because they grew up in the program. Right. So, yeah, about 150 um at one point or another, competitive juniors, uh, and about 50 adults. We have six coaches, six and a half coaches. We have a part-time coach. A uh, uh, n- bunch of college players, a bunch of high-level uh, juniors, nationally ranked. I- I'm actually coaching. It's an inter- interesting story. 
I'm coaching a very, very good young female junior golfer. Uh, she's ranked about 100th in the country. Wow. A sophomore that lives in Tacoma, Washington. Wow. Crazy story. So, yeah, uh, How did you get hooked up with her, and how do you do that training? Yeah, so TrackMan, which is one of the technologies we use, and some, most people that know golf would be familiar with it, uh, did a, an interview and an article that they published nationally. And lo and behold, there's this junior out in Washington who was pretty good. And because of the seasons up there, her dad bought her a TrackMan. Saw this article about some of the work we're doing with TrackMan, called me up and said, hey, I want some help with TrackMan. Would you be willing to do it? And lo and behold, she had to play a tournament in Texas. This was last March. They came in for an evaluation. I spent like five hours with her and her dad. It struck up a pretty good relationship. And I just said, look, I, I think I can help her. I want to be her performance coach, not her technical coach. And I would describe that as technical coach is the guy kind of you know moving you around and saying you know fold your right elbow you know getting your right hip and i just wanted to help her play better Mm. so i do tournament prep for her i do uh, analysis i set up her practice schedule and i do all this remotely oh interesting yeah so we're using technology we're getting on skype we have some software that allows us to communicate um, through what we call our mobile training spaces and actually ended up i just visited her in november Spent a, a week with her at a tournament in Kansas. So I've seen her a couple of times since, but I talked to her uh, every single week. And uh, she's a great player. She's sitting on some national offers, some full rides already. Wow. And uh, she wants to be a top 50 player because a lot happens when you're top 50 in the country. You get a bunch of invitations uh, cool. to some great events. So it's been a really fun story. And it just turns out, uh, interestingly, I got a call from a, a really, really good young a dad of a young 13-year-old who lives in San Angelo and had heard about us, don't even ask me how or why, and said, hey, we're really looking for kind of some next-level coaching. And the kid's been to Augusta kind of in the national drive, chip, and putt championships. And uh, so he's coming up in a week. So I don't do a lot of that. Uh, Look, the core of our business is right here, South Lake, Colleyville, Keller, Grapevine, surrounding areas. Uh, We have some kids traveling and one of our local kids, it's a great story, um, went to Colleyville High School. His name is Kyle Pilgrim. Plays in South Africa now. He's on their tour, the Sunshine Tour. Oh, cool. So uh, that's just... Wait, know, is he from here? Or from he's from Colleyville. How did he make it over? Or is well, it? So he went to the University of Houston. Right. Graduated, turned pro, like right. a lot of kids do after college. Sure. Uh, and uh, decided to, to play overseas. There's a lot of thought that that's an easier route to the PGA to get away from here competition's not quite as you know fierce yeah and that's his route he decided to go to South Africa so it's kind of a crazy story but he leaves uh, Thursday to go back so uh, you know we spent a lot of time together kind of in chunks but he still yeah. lives in Colleyville fascinating so uh, anyway so we have about 200 active students uh, and we're, we're really busy we're doing uh, 120 lessons a week and uh, and we offer it's a comprehensive program, so it's technical instruction on the full swing, short game, and putting, mental game coaching, course management work. We have our own gym, tons of technology, and really the bottom line is we're trying to speed up the improvement process. Right, change the curve. It is tough. Yeah, it's 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 a very complex sport. Well, I imagine it's tougher the later you get them, and you have to retrain bad habits and kind of break down a lot of what they used to know. I, I'm not a golfer. I'm a tennis player. Uh, it, grew up playing tennis, took a lot of lessons, and and uh, played through high school and maybe could have played collegiately at a low level, maybe, but ended up going to a and wasn't nearly good enough to play for them. 
seems like a similar level of technicality. Maybe the golf game is a little bit more mental because it's just you and the ball out there for the most part. But uh, um, but yeah, I so I, I appreciate a little bit the all the different mental aspects and the technical aspects that go into the game. It's, it is very complex, or seems to be. Yeah, there's a lot going on. We're talking about hitting a stationary ball, which that's one of the reasons it's it's got more mental requirements, right? Because then all those other sports, tennis included, we're reacting to a moving ball. Right. In golf, there's so much time in between shots. Yeah. Could be seven or eight minutes, right? <laughs> On average, uh, we're hitting, if we're lucky, 72 shots in four and a half hours. Wow. Um, and uh, so there's a lot of time to think. Mm. And our minds cannot be so helpful sometimes right yeah uh so it's technical it's physical uh the patterns are well ingrained uh yeah it's it is challenging to get players who've played a long time who maybe aren't so good to get better that's that's a different aspect than training someone who's brand new to the game especially a youngster so interesting stuff um so you mentioned technology with your student out at Tacoma and you mentioned that you have a lot of it that's one of the things I remember having taken the lesson was I don't even know that we touched a golf club and I think that was intentional because you were focused on the on analyzing the axis rotation and the so you, how, how talk to me about that how did you get into kind of the intentional decision to make uh, it more about the basics and, and use the technology to improve versus just going out on the course and, and chopping away yeah so if you know my background so I was a business guy I was a frustrated college athlete a little bit like you right uh, and I didn't know what to do with myself uh, other than, you know, I was an entrepreneur. So I took up golf as a young adult and got addicted to it and got to be a pretty good amateur. Um, Did you play growing up? Uh, no, I never touched a golf club. Really? So I was a basketball and tennis player. Okay, all no right. No one told me I wasn't tall enough to be a really good basketball player. So <laughs> I, like you, I tried playing tennis in college. I wasn't good enough. Right. Uh, but I was still an athlete at heart. And so I just got addicted to the game and, uh, you know, raised some kids that ended up being really, really good. And made a career shift uh, out of, not out of choice really, it was a little bit of a leap of faith. Yep. Uh, so we're from Los Angeles, my wife and I, and uh, I was doing some private equity work in mid-career and I had the chance to move to Dallas on this private equity deal. And my oldest child, my daughter, decided she wanted to play golf at TCU and the company I was working for, Sun Capital, gave me this offer to move down to Dallas and run this company. Oh, wow. One one of your portfolio companies? Yeah, we okay. were doing tur a turnaround. Yep. It was headquartered in L.A. Ended up they wanted to consolidate in Dallas. Wow. It was over in Carrollton. Uh, when I moved down here, or at least was thinking about moving down here, uh, the advice I got was either playing over South Lake, ended up in South Lake. Oh, Thank good choice, Thankfully sir. so. Good choice. We love it here for lots of reasons. <laughs> uh, remember, we're from L.A. Um, <laughs> and uh, there was this coincidence. My daughter was going to end up playing golf at TCU, and we said, let's go give it a try. And... Uh, so when I moved down here, uh, uh, there's a funny story if you don't mind. No, go for it. Digressing. Yes. So I, I'll never forget the call I got. Like first week, I'm sitting in Carrollton, this new office. My daughter calls me up and she goes, uh, "Hey, Dad, we have a pretty good football team here." I said, "Okay, good." She said, "No, it's like a really good football team, and football's okay in California, but it's right. not like the main it's, sport. It's not like it is in Texas, no. right?" And she said, "No, like we're ranked number one in the country." <laughs> so this was 2004, five. Okay, when I first moved here. So, uh, Riley Dodge, no, Todd Dodge, Todd Dodge, uh, Chase Daniel, Chase Daniel, yep, Aaron yep. Luna, yep, right. And uh, I said, "What? You're ranked number one in the country? Is there <laughs> such a thing?" I go look it up online and go, "Yeah." 
Wow. So the year I was here was the year ESPN televised their first high school game at Dragon Stadium. Wow. You know, and I was here. That was like the second game I got to go to. That's incredible. So, um, so I'm down here for six months. Uh, well, after about six months, and this private equity deal fell apart literally, and I was faced with. Uh, we ended up liquidating the company, and I was faced with this another career shift. Like, do we go back to LA? Do we stay here? What would I do if I stayed here? And um, none of us really wanted to go back to LA and the housing market was going crazy and it was going to cost us a lot of money to get back in. When was this? I'm sorry? When was this? Uh, 2005. Okay, 2005. It was like six months after we got down here. Oh my gosh. And, uh, so so the, the market was still going crazy. It crazy. was on the way up. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Callan was uh, committed to TCO. She was a senior at Southlake. My younger son was uh, in sixth grade, a really good golfer at the time. And I told my wife, I got this crazy idea. I'm gonna. I got this junior golf academy thing that I've been, you know, thinking about. I I knew a lot about junior golf, having traveled the country with my daughter. Yeah. And I said I'm gonna go give it a try. And she awesome. thought I was crazy. And she was right. <laughs> I tell the story all the time. I and can't imagine what Beth's reaction was to I, that. I'll tell you. So I converted a garage into a little studio, and it was long before the technology was really uh, so prevalent, and uh, it was slow going. It was a challenge, you know, and at one student and then and Kaylin had, had a great senior year. She won a ton of stuff. And Matthew was a good player and but it was like two students and then three students. I was earning no money and she many times said, When are you gonna give up this crazy idea? <laughs> and uh, and so to get back wow. to the technology question, um, as someone who was late to the game, I wasn't a competitive golfer in the traditional sense. I didn't play golf as a youngster, right? Right. I knew sports, and I was a coach at heart, and I knew golf, and I knew junior golf, but I had a lot of holes in a way, and I just hung a shingle and said, I'm a golf coach. And all the golf coaches around here, instructors, thought, who is this crazy, yeah. crazy guy? Yeah, yeah, Right? He, and, you didn't have a long tournament career you could point to. It wasn't any of that. It was, I know how to coach you. We're going to do it in golf. At least I had this kind of comprehensive approach before it was really yeah. more mainstream. And so what I chose to do is be an early adopter of technology. Interesting. And there was a lot changing. Yeah. And so every time something new came out, man, I, I it was my opportunity to kind of leapfrog and get mm. out in front because I was really coming from behind. Yeah. So and, that was your differentiator. You said, I may and, not have the long, 20-year career on the PJ Tour, but we have stuff that the other guys don't. Right. And, and there was a lot changing in the industry, and I took advantage of it. That is fascinating. As an entrepreneur myself who started a business in the career, a totally different career field than how I was trained, I I very much respect what you did. And I, I, I ask people in your position who've done what you do, what was the moment or was there the moment where you felt, okay, this is going to work? Because I, I know what that feels like to be hanging on and saying, um, honey, we're, we just give me your, we need another month, another month. But was there that moment where you're like, oh, that's that's it. We're kind of cresting. The you know, hill. it's a really interesting question. Owen. I've never thought about it from that kind of standpoint or frame of mind before. But and we, we burned through our savings. We, you know, we were yep. I was mid career. I was 40 something when I made the shift. And uh, and it was crazy looking at all our savings gone. You know, I wasn't bringing much revenue and going, how long do I do this? And right. I'll never forget, we actually talked to a realtor about selling our house. Wow. And that's how close it was to, you know, having to make some financial choices. Sure. And it seemed like we just got 
a customer here and there that kind of kept things moving. And it's always been a struggle just because business is a struggle. Yes, it is. Uh, it's never easy. And you're always grinding and fighting just like you are in sports, right? Yep. You can't ever stop. Nope. And if you're an entrepreneur, you understand that. You live with it, sleep it, breathe it. It's every day, all day long. And uh, I would say even a few years ago, uh, we were still battling. We were finally at a place, and I hate to even say this because I'll feel like I'll, I'll jinx us, where, <laughs> you know, it's we have a pretty good national reputation. The we, There's a very strong flow of customers. Yeah. We don't, we're so good at what we do. I hate to even say that. Yeah. We are good at what we do because we're passionate and we care yep. that we don't lose very many students. So we've been growing, and the economic model's pretty solid. So the answer is, it was gradual, and I was always questioning it. Yeah. But it probably I'm relaxed. I'm not working any less. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But I'm a little less worried about making payroll, yep. right, and those things. Yep. And you know, sometimes I just think, you know, it was it wasn't me doing it. Yeah. You know, I have a strong faith, so yep. I don't know what how it all happened. Uh, other than I just kept going. Yep. Yep. So no, I, I hear what you're saying, and we felt the same way. We're, we're people of faith as well, and and it does. It seems like even the, like the darkest moments, and God just brings brings on that customer. It's like, oh my gosh, thank you. All right, here we go. We're here. We're see, we're, we're we're still in business, baby. Yeah. <laughs> like you look and go, I don't know where that one came from, but yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yes, yes, we're good. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. We um, we talk about that around here a lot. I mean, it's just uh, one of my favorite quotes, entre entrepreneurship quotes. It's attributed to Mark Cuban, but who knows if he, I mean, it, it may have been just a meme. Who knows? But uh, it's, uh, you got to work. As an entrepreneur, you wake up and you work like someone else is trying to take it away from you 24-7. And that's that's it. I mean, that's the pressure well, you look, feel. Look, everyone is, everyone's working. And uh, I think one of the common business mistakes, just to grab business for a second, is you somehow underestimate others, yes. right? your competition. Yep. And then, lo and behold, <laughs> they've jumped out in front, right? And look, it's the other benefit I have uh, is I love doing what I'm doing. It's really fun. It's not work. Yeah. I'm very true. fortunate. It's hard. There are days I'm going home super exhausted because yep. start early and late, but it's it's look. I get to work with a bunch of really great kids for the most part, yeah. and have an impact on them. That's pretty darn fun. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, um, and your work speaks for itself. I mean, I mentioned on the at the top, but uh, you know, Carol Dragon program is phenomenal. I know you coached Mayor Hill's boy, uh, and that whole crowd won state once or twice, maybe, and they're uh, all in. They, they only they've come in second many times, including my son's team. My son yes. was the captain in 2011, and they. Hardly ever lost a tournament until the state tournament. Oh. Uh, I came in second. But, yep. yeah, when Trent was on the team, Trent Hill, that's Mayor Hill's son, uh, they won it his senior year, if my memory's right, either his junior yes. or senior year. I think it, was, it might have been his senior year. Uh, they had a very, very strong team. You know, I coached a bunch of those kids. Not all of them by any means because right. no one would coach them all. Sure, sure. But, yeah, we've had a steady group of South Lake Carroll Dragons. Uh, we're very proud of the work we've done, uh, and we're proud of the team. Yeah, who would not be as no, a Southlake yeah. resident? That's so fun to watch them succeed. And yeah. I mean, most of those kids are playing D one D one golf. If not yeah. All so I, the story I tell parents because we get a lot of you know young kids and the parents are always asking, uh, and I basically tell them on the boys' side especially, and even on the girls' side to some extent, if your son plays top five, he's probably going to have a college career. And that's how strong it's been over the years. Wow! They've and the year my son graduated, all five 
you know, went on to play college golf. Wow. And it's just been a steady stream of really, really good players. Again, getting back to some of it's the environment of success in South Lake. Yep. There's no doubt, right? Yep. And the parents have, you know, they've invested yes. in their in their children. Yeah. You're right. It's Taipei families with Taipei kids, Taipei parents, and um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Everyone has a really high level of achievement. Uh, you know, that's why our schools are so great. I mean, yep. teachers are great. The administrators are great. The board's great. But the families and the students, I mean, they, they ultimately are the ones that kind of drive the ship. And, and w- that's what makes this community great. It's a, it's a very fun place to be around. Yes. So, so as a as a someone who grew up, did you grow up in Los Angeles? Uh, almost. I moved there as as kind of a young kid. But you spent many decades. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so when people talk about traffic here in South Lake, do you ever think, man, you never been you on the four hundred five at rush hour? <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you know the four hundred five. Yeah, San Diego Freeway. Uh, yeah, I, I go back frequently to Los Angeles because I still have family back there. I was just back there a week and a half ago. Right. And your days are literally planned around. The traffic. That's terrible. So I have friends I want to go back and see, and I, I the flights I pick, you know, have to get me there in between traffic so I can get to my friends. That's crazy. You know, if I want to have dinner with someone uh, that I'm visiting, uh, you have to leave four hours early. So it's we joke about it. It's not always miserable, but it's bad almost all the time. And so South Lake traffic is is beautiful. It's, <laughs> I it's hate like, to say it's gotten it's different than it was ten years ago. It is. It is. Uh, you know, growth has a positive and a negative, right? Right. Just, but yeah, it's not like I had a lady from Baltimore tell me the same thing. I was saying, how, how have you handled new, new resident from Baltimore? How have you handled the traffic? It's kind of bad. She was like, traffic. What are you talking about? I was like, yeah, all right. Everything's relative. <laughs> That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, Texas. You, I mean, you've made it your home now. You've raised your kids here. Yeah, we, you love we just it? we absolutely love it. Uh, the, it fits with our kind of value system, and uh, yeah, the weather in Southern California is is unbelievably great. That's what we miss. That's about all we miss. <laughs> you know, we just we're very grateful to be here. Uh, love love the state. Love our local, you know, community. Uh, the leaders of it. Uh, yeah, it's it's home. For the sure. kids. I don't think the kids would ever leave. We certainly won't leave. Uh, and we love South Lake. Just and really appreciate. Um, it's you know, it's plug the leadership. It's just been great over the years. It's just like a steady, you know, it's different. You know, Mayor Hill and her. I mean, current city council are different than the others, as you'd expect. But uh, every time you turn around, there's just good stuff happening in the city. Yeah. And growth is different. What are you going to do about it? Growth is different. And, yeah, that's that's what we think about a lot is how to manage it, right? Because yeah, we don't want to preserve and, and protect what drew us all to South Lake. The reality is that there's more growth to come. And, uh, you know, things are going to change. It's just managing that change. And it does help that city leaders in the past, to your point, you know, really – set us up for success, right? I mean, we've, we, we, I say we're standing on the shoulders of giants in, in what they built, you know, and, and put the, laid the foundation for 20, 30, 40 years ago, and we have to manage it in a way that, you know, keeps this place the, the gem that we all come to love, you know? And we talk about, you know, so on the development side, on the city services side, you know, we've got to change too. We've got to adapt at the times, and we've got, it's a different place. I mean, you think about development specifically, um, 20 years ago versus now versus 20 years in the future, I mean, we're in, a, we're in an environment where within five years, you're going to be able to order a package on Amazon and have it delivered via drone to your house, 
right? And so you think about how that's going to change development. You know, you think these big big box retail or anchor retail along with neighborhood retail services and, you know, what's going to survive that world, right? You know, restaurants are typically good anchors for developments and, and, and bring people in and have a good multiplier effect for their surrounding businesses. And then we have Grubhub and Uber Eats. And now you can order Hopdotty's burgers and have it delivered. It's like, wow, it's kind of a brave new world for – so when you think about kind of project out what all this looks like, you know, there's we, – we've got to stay on top of it. We, you know, change is inevitable, but it's about how you manage it, you know. Yeah, I think uh, there's a few things going on. Look, there are there – are, changes to the world, right? Changes to our country. And but at the same time, just like a business has to maintain its culture and has to understand it very well. Yes. South Lake as a city has to understand its culture yes. and have its vision, right? And and as long as those responsible for leading us forward understand the vision and the culture, I, I think you can adapt to the change because you're maintaining what you see as that vision and culture, right? Well, I think you're right. That's a good point. So uh, on that note, what's next for Jeff Eisler Golf? What's uh, yeah? It's a great. It's a great question. Because you got a bunch of stuff so, cooking. I, we do. We have so much going on. It's it's uh, it's fun. Uh, you know, day in and day out, we're still trying to make golfers better, of faster. Of course, that's that's what we do every day. That's what drives our coaches. Our coaches are so good. They're so they care so much about their students. They're so passionate. Every one of them. Uh, and we've worked hard. We're really really lucky. We have such a good group. Um, and at the same time, I'm trying to understand, you know, we're kind of maxed out um, in a lot of ways. Uh, so we're trying to figure out how to scale our business and how we can have a bigger impact on the, the bigger golf community in the sure. country. Uh, we just recently became a Golf Channel Academy facility. There are only 80 of them, some odd, maybe 90 now, wow. in the world. Uh, they had been asking us to join the program. I just actually... Uh, Filmed a segment at the PGA show live on Golf Channel, my first live television. Wow. So it was nerve wracking. One of our student uh, dad said, uh, Great job. You look like a natural. And I just said, There was nothing natural about it. Trust me. <laughs> I prepped and prepped and prepped. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. But well done. So, so we're trying to figure out how, because our industry is changing, content is becoming king. Hmm. Um, and we have all these changes in technology. And we have all these, and one of the overall overriding issues in golf is in the junior world it's growing but everywhere else it's flat at best and maybe even shrinking slightly the game itself the game the participants participation because as people become more challenged with their time right golf is a slow game to play right it's four five six hours play 18 holes yeah big commitment it's a big sacrifice um Hmm. so we are challenged as a group the industry with how to grow the game. We're always thinking about how to grow the game. It's easy on the young end. If we get players better, they will play for a lifetime. So we're trying not to lose, you know, the older players too soon. We're trying to extend their playing career in effect. Right. Uh, so that's one overriding issue that everyone in the industry is focused on. Personally, we're trying to grow uh, and figure out how to scale things. So we have some. Um, kind of programs wrapped around technology we're doing some things that are different creating a practice environment and a an, an improvement environment things have changed again because technology i'll give you a quick example uh the typical place to practice was the driving range right here's the problem there's limited feedback right right we can see the ball and we can look at our divot and we're guessing about everything else huh. Inside, where we do a lot of our work, we split our time between inside and the course. We don't do much work on the driving range anymore, so we work on technique and apply it on the golf course. 
there's tons of feedback inside. Right. And then we have to run out to the golf course and say, okay, how do we apply all the stuff we've learned? Sure. Now, the f- technology- f- feedback, you mean you're looking at swing mechanics? Data, just data. data. So we're saying, hey, look, we know this that, went that, this that, far. that yeah, it went this far, it spun this much, yeah. it moved, curved this much, right? Yeah. yeah. And we understand why it's happening. This is what we want to do to change it, right? right. So technology now has allowed us to... Uh, even get more specific and create more volume that's more specific to the course. Here's an example. Mm. You can come in and you can hit on a golf hole, a simulated golf hole, and you can control the wind, the tee position, your target. So all of a sudden I can see, like you might come in and say, like I have a lot of trouble on a dog leg right because I hit a draw. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where to tee up. I don't know where to aim. And if the wind starts blowing right to left, I can't even find a fairway. Mm. We can literally, literally create that environment Interesting. and practice on it. Wow. So think about the, how much better someone can get because of that. Yeah. Even on the driving range. The problem with the driving range is the wind is typically fixed. Right. We don't have a lot of feedback. And the, pay, the, the frequency of feedback often controls the pace of improvement. Right. Interesting. Yes. So how precise the feedback is and how fast it's coming. Right. Think about pilots and their simulators and how good they are. Sure. And how good they are in the air and how safe flying is because of the simulators being so good and the coaching being so good. Yeah, absolutely. Golf is moving in that direction. Interesting. At the end of the day, you still have to play the game in the environment. Right. you got to deal with bad lives. you got to deal with wind. you got to deal with commotion and yeah. that's happening Crowd around you. Crowd noise in the higher levels. Uh, yeah. And even beyond, you know, even at the junior level, coaches around, participants around, pace of play is changing, all kinds of yeah. environmental variables, right? Yeah. You still have to learn how to deal with that, but we're simulating more and more kind of real-life situations, hmm. and that's that's been a big change. So we're creating a practice environment that we think is speeding things up. Yeah. That's better than the driving range. Yeah. That's one area of, of growth for us. Um, now, when you talk about scaling, that sounds like something you could actually scale even geographically. Yes, that's correct. That's interesting. The big challenge for us is... We don't want it to water down the product, and can we control the environment if we go to another location? Yeah. Um, I'm heading back out to the Golf Channel Studios on March 19th. They've asked me to film for a few hours and do a bunch of tips. Cool. So what's happening in the industry is digital coaching is really becoming a big thing. Streaming coach, you know, streaming of yeah, information. Sure. Uh, so content is key. So yep. if you're not producing content, you're going to fall by the wayside. So are you catching kind of the YouTube environment where people are demanding this for free or are, are folks, if they're looking for this, are they willing to pay for it? Yeah, there's there's both. There's a bunch that's free, which is which has probably helped the industry. Yep. And there's a bunch of streaming services. The Golf Channel is going to end up being, they already are, in effect, the largest provider and owner of content. Hmm. And their goal is to to be to create the most revenue from it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why they have all these Golf Channel coaches um, because – we are the creators of the content and we'll be moving forward and they're going to be the vehicle and the provider and yeah. the streaming services and that's where they see all of this going. At the end of the day, high-level coaching still is required. Yeah. Hey, right? One-on-one on one training, yeah. You've you got, got to be able to talk to a player. Yeah. I speak, you know, speaking of Mary Hill's son, I uh, went to lunch with him yesterday, talked to him today. Cool. You know, he plays at the University of North Texas. Uh, and you can't replace that. You never will. On the other hand, there's a lot of work that can get done in between yep. with the help of technology. Yeah, yeah. That's absolutely fascinating. Um, yeah, I mean, to your point about scalability and controlling the quality of the product, because ultimately you're going to have to staff those training facilities, the practice facilities, with a coach. And you've got to, it's still a people's game, right? Or a, a business about people. Um, so you got to trust the people, you got to know the people, and that's that's a scary thing. Well, you know, and, uh, you know it, it's yes, yes, you have to have an impact. Um, 
And it's all the intangibles that ultimately determine how well someone gets in the long run. The stuff that you, that technology doesn't control. You know, how mentally tough are they? What's their golf IQ? You know, what's their decision-making process? Uh, and that that's hard. That stuff is hard to develop, and it's got to be customized for each student, right? There's no formula at the end of the day. There's a lot. I'd say we're getting to the point where more and more of the overall process, if you think about it, can be done with the help of technology, which means we'll speed it up. We're still going to be left with some percentage. Yeah, absolutely. That's never going to go away. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's ultimately it's still coaching and tools to train, tools to, you know, to make your job easier. But it's still a person in that club, in that ball that never goes where it's supposed to go, at least for me. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting. I had a really uh, – I had a young man walk in today. Uh, he's a karate instructor. He was a – he was training to for the Olympics. Got yeah. hurt, so he's a karate instructor in Flower Mound, Louisville area, and uh, he's practicing four hours a day, six days a week. He's like 26 years old. Why? Because it's passion. All of a sudden, he wants to get really good. And one of the things I talked to him about was, look, you have to control. You got 25 hours to invest in a week. You have to get better at what you're doing with that 25 hours, in order to make it productive. Because most of us you know, get confused about what what's the right thing to do. One of the interesting statistics is the average handicap for adult males, active golfers, has not changed in 30 years in spite of all the advances in technology, equipment, yeah. coaching. None of that's changed, and here's the reason why. It's basically 14. The average score is 85. So for 90% of the adult population, and that's because most don't take lessons. Interesting. So they haven't made, you know, taken advantage of all the changes and all the. Yeah. They haven't invested in, in actually improving the game. Yeah. Fascinating. Well, someday when I have a little more time on my hands, uh, you're going to get your biggest fixer upper project ever in your coaching career. I mean, I still think I, I'm, I'm tall. I can, I've got good hand eye coordination. I feel like I could be a good golfer. I just, I don't know you if it's possible. You've got to devote the time. Yeah, that's true. And you got a family to worry about. All that time. Yeah, <laughs> all the time, 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 time. You know, it's funny though, you know, you, in your career shift, and this is totally different than what you saw yourself doing at the age of 40, I'm sure, but it's like, would you ever go back and change it now? No, no, it's, I was just thinking about it, knowing I was going to come on that, uh, how much fun it is uh, for the most part. I was I, I worked all day yesterday, did lessons late in the day, and you know, with this girl that just won, she's going to go off and play college golf. She just won a tournament yesterday. It was so much fun to work with her, even though it was late in the day, right? So no, I wouldn't even think about it or dream about it. Uh, no. Now, do you get on the course at all anymore? Do you get to play? <laughs> Hardly ever. I, every year I say I'm super committed. Uh, to trying to play more this year. I've said that for many years yeah, in a row. Yeah, so. <laughs> I've made some changes, though. My game is almost as good as it's ever been. Really? Interestingly. Yeah. That's awesome. Partly because we know so much more. I'm working pretty hard in the gym. Yeah. And as you age, you need to. Um, so say you're in good shape. I imagine you Yeah, uh, so I work, I work hard because I have to, because I number one, I have to demonstrate. Absolutely. Right. I have to be able to say, this is how you do it. Yep. Um, two, I still care enough. I want to play. Uh, so I've kind of, and I think I'm at the point where I can do more of it. So hopefully this year. Yeah. Now, when you get out there and start and start hitting the ball, is it fun? Like, do you still have that joy of the game, or is it more like? Yeah, I feel like just one of the students, literally. Really? Cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm just grinding on my own game. That's awesome. Yeah, and and uh, just trying to get better, uh, and trying to use. It was really funny. I was teaching my son today, and who's one of our coaches. 
and he's a he's an unbelievable coach. He's super gifted, but he sounded like one of the students he doesn't want to teach. Like he was getting frustrated right away. I said, "Hey, don't forget what we talk about all the time. What we tell our students, right?" And we all just you know one of my favorite sayings is, "That's well, I'll tell a kid what you did was normal. It's just not helpful. The way you reacted to that shot." totally normal mm-hmm. everyone wants to react that way it just doesn't help you any mm. and so it's from a mental standpoint from an emotional standpoint you have to be different if you want to be good yeah interesting but i like that approach though it's very i mean you affirm the reality of the reaction okay i got it right i i react the same way or i would but here's why you got to control it um that's interesting so, so at what point is an appropriate reaction to, to throw a club into the into the lake? I mean, is that ever, or is that not so much? For entertainment, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be uh, that guy then. No, no. It's uh, look. We remember when our emotions are are up. Our memory is pretty strong. Right. And so the question is, you want to rem- is that what you want to remember? Right. The shot that led to that. Right. Because if you react emotionally, you will. Or do you want to remember the good stuff? And look. We expect, kids are especially bad at this, but, but adults that are successful are as well. We expect so much from ourselves so quickly that when we hit a good shot, that's what we expect, so we don't get very excited about it. Mm. We hit a bad shot, we get very upset about it. Right, right, right. And so everything's kind of backwards yeah. with respect to getting better and playing good golf. Yeah. And uh, as you get better, the baseline just increases. That's right. So the gap between potential which you could call expectation, but they're they're kind of related potential and expectation, and reality and where your current skill level is leads to frustration. So as you kind of sense that I ought to be shooting better, but my current skill hasn't really changed, my scores aren't go- growing. If we let that gap gra- uh, that gap grow, excuse me, frustration just really gets yeah strong. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. And, and it's once you get into that feedback loop, it's very hard to break. Yep. And then, yep. Get your head out of your own head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny. I feel like there's many days I go home thinking I'm more of a therapist than a golf coach. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot to that. But it's part of it. Yep. Right? Yep. In fairness, what we do is very stressful, you know, on, on customers as well, uh, on the remodel construction side. And there are days we get a, we kind of sit down and say, we should, we should really be taking psychology courses too. I mean, this is there's always some level of counseling and emotional management that's baked into this. But Well, you know, we if, in our industry, there's a – there's been a big emphasis recently on number one. It's kind of two areas: uh, understanding how people learn better, right? Just the psychology of learning, independent of the activity, right? Could be music lessons, could be golf, Absolutely. could be anything, and um, what we call motor pattern training. So golf's a motor pattern; it happens very quickly. It's 1.1 seconds is the length of a golf swing, wow. and people are trying to control the activity. One just doesn't happen, right? Yeah. So how do you train that pattern? And how do you tap into someone's natural proclivity to learn, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, and all of that's going on literally in a lesson. Yeah. You know, you're thinking yeah. it's amazing. It is. It's, I mean, there's a lot of art in coaching. Yeah. Because you're sitting there going, okay, this per- I'm starting to lose this person. Right. I'm getting frustrated. What am I going to do? Do I stay, stay the course? Do I keep yeah. that pun? Do yeah. I stay down this path or do I switch? Do I take a break? Do I tell a joke? Right. Do I, what the heck do I do? Because uh, I still got 30 minutes left this lesson. <laughs> and every person's different. Every that's, person that's responds right. different. That's right. That's fascinating. Well, it's always fun to talk to somebody who's had the you know similar life experience and just the way you approach business and the interesting, innovative way you've you've um, rethought the teaching of golf is just fascinating to me. So 
Um, and, I, and I think a lot of people are going to get a lot out of your story. I, I appreciate that. It's always fun. Uh, I like the work you guys are doing. I, I'm very appreciative of all the work you guys do on the council. We're trying. We're just trying not to screw it up, Jeff. Yeah, yeah, that's right. All right, I got a lightning round question here for sure. you. You ready for these? Yep. These are very hard questions. They're not really that hard. Um, okay, but we got to know what's your favorite South Lake restaurant? Besides uh, your wife's yeah, my cooking, wife's, you she's know, phenomenal. Oh my gosh. So I, can I pass on that one only because of that? <laughs> yes, you can. Uh, although I will tell you this. That's so kitchen. if I have, can I express a beef on, on the air? Brief. Slight. Yes. You know, we come from an area where there were no chains and everything was kind of a mom and pop restaurant owned right. by, you know, someone who's passionate about their their place of business. And it's different here. It's not like that. And in a way, that's what we miss. So, yeah, there are great, great restaurants we go to around the area. Uh but they don't stand out, and you go, oh, I can't wait to go back there tomorrow. Or, you know, I like to eat there four days a week. So yeah, we frequent some just because we're creatures of habit. Yes, yes. But uh, my wife's just a great cook, so it's unfair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Go to the next one. No, that's I – mean, I, I expected you to say exactly that. I, the, you threw parties for Mayor Hill and myself and Sean at the time, and then what was the last one we went to? Uh, did we do a Meet the Mayor? Was that – yeah. Yes, there was a Meet the Mayor within the last year, right? Yes. And she cooked all of her. And I remember the day because I was on a diet until I walked in. And I was like, no, sir. Um, I, I think I had 25 cookies or so and various other pastries. So in, in our of- early married days, this is kind of a funny story. So in a different business, we had a group of like 150 customers. This was – Caitlin was either young or was pre-kid, so I can't even remember. But we, she decided and offered to make a box – of desserts, kind of cookies, desserts for every one of these 150 customers. Wow. We had to get them all to them like the week before Christmas, right? Oh my gosh. And so for weeks around the house, she had like every table, every spot filled with baked goods and she packed them all up. And so, yeah, that's, uh, that's my life. She's honed her skill. Yeah, she's, she's quite good. Ah, shoot. Yes, she is. Um, okay, favorite South Lake retail spot. If you're going shopping, going buying stuff, where are you going? I, I don't. Sorry. <laughs> Amazon. <laughs> no, I don't. I know I don't like Amazon. I much prefer to shop uh, locally. Uh, you know, I'm always at the golf course. I'm either at work or at the golf course. There you I don't go. really. I don't really shop very much either. Uh, my wife has her favorites. Uh, I don't even know where she loves Central Market. Frankly, Central Market is hard to beat. Yeah. I always find myself there right before dinner time after they've trotted out all the samples. Yeah. I don't mind. No, Sell I don't either. You, baby. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Favorite off the beaten path and spot spot in South Lake? Do you have like a cool like park or a corner of some area that you guys kind of go to? Yeah, uh, we like where like? we live. We live at the kind of northwest corner over uh, towards Dove and Randall Mill. Yep. So we have some land and we really like it over there. Uh, we like uh, just right in town square sometimes. There's that little park right by the, you know, the brownstones, and we hang out a little bit there. Yeah, the ones uh, that kind of set up above the parking lot. Yeah. That's a cool spot. And enjoy that. Uh, we spent a lot of time at Bicentennial Park when my son was playing baseball. Yep, yep. So, yeah, we just like it all. Tough to beat. Very cool. All right, I think I know how you're going to answer this, but if you had to give up either Netflix or sports on the television forever, which no, would it be? Not even a contest. Netflix is gone. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you watch Netflix? I bet you don't have much. Uh, a little bit, but so like I watch the same old like uh, rerun. Yeah, yeah. All the time. Binge-wise. It's yeah. 
so if I, I get up and I can't sleep, I'll put flip that on. But no, I don't watch movies really. Yeah. And uh, and the only thing if I, I watch anything, it's just some golf and some sports. That's it. Yeah, I'm the same way. If I don't have a ton of time, but if the TV's on, it's it's on some sporting event. My daughter, she it depends on the season, but she'll my eight year old will walk in if I'm watching TV. She's like, oh my gosh, no more basketball. Oh my gosh, no more baseball. Please, no more whatever. I'm like, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's what we do. That's what we do. <laughs> yeah. Okay, last question, sir. Sure. If you uh, do you podcast? You listen to podcasts? And if so, I do all favorites? the time. I listen. Yeah. yeah. What are your favorites? You know, they're almost all golf related. Uh, there's two non-golf uh, podcasts uh, that I listen to. Um, so PGA Tour Radio, Mark Emelman, does a, a you know a weekly podcast. So he's got a different guest on. I was fortunate enough at one time to be a guest. He's got some well, that's phenomenal awesome. stuff. So, yeah. uh, you know, so in general, I'm listening to stuff related to work and getting better because uh, I care about that. And then Albert Moeller, if you know him. Yeah. Has Great a pod, theologian. Yeah, so kind of the daily briefing. Yes. So he's got one, and Ravi, uh, Ravi Zacharias yes. has a new podcast out. Really? So my son, yeah, got me connected to that one. And so I'll listen to those, but uh, I don't get through them all anyway. Yeah, I know. Right? There's so many and more, right? Now i got to start listening to yours all the time. <laughs> it's the best content that's Southlake related that's produced here, I think, until somebody else does it better than me. <laughs> no, I, I'm the same way. I've got 20 or so that I love, and I cycle through it, but it just kind of gets piled up, and I'm like, man, I don't. I need more time in my life to listen to podcasts. Yeah, so I travel a little bit, and I get to – that's my favorite time. And if I'm on the golf course watching players play, which I get to do a lot – that's when I'll hear podcasts. I could be out there for four or five hours watching kids compete, and I'll listen, get caught up. Very cool. Yeah. Well, also, I'll have to check out Zacharias. He's he's another one of my favorites. He's a good yeah, dude. Phenomenal. Well, thanks so much for coming on, Jeff. This is a great conversation. Man. Yeah, it was really fun. Thanks, yeah. John. Yeah. No, I, I, I think everyone's going to have a lot of fun with your story and uh, hearing, hearing more about yeah. it. And if there are any of you folks listening that, um, that have a junior golfer that's improving, you need to go by. Go see Jeff and let let him uh, let him do his magic. I appreciate that, John. Don't undersell the studio. I like it. <laughs> hey, you know what? It does the trick, doesn't yeah, it? <laughs> yeah, it's good. All right, thank you, sir. Yeah.